This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So we've learned that Oprah didn't leave her house for a whole year. On the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And Bradley, you've got all the details on her year, her year, her shut-in year. Well, I don't have details on what she did during that year, but I do have details on Oprah and what she's been up to lately. And it all started with a wonderful new documentary that is currently available on the Smith, I think it was today, Smithsonian Channel about the racial disparities in healthcare. And the pandemic is one of the things that helped kick off this. Um, topic of conversation and really just trying to highlight, um, you know, uh, a story, a reality that needs to be addressed and oft is overlooked. And it's one of those situations where Oprah is using her powers for good and not evil. Not that she ever really uses her powers for evil, but we like to poke Oprah on occasion because she is OLR. OLR is not a, a level of Scientologist. Mm-mm. It is Oprah level rich. Oprah level rich. And um, so, you know, she's got the tub that was laser cut to the contours of her body so that when she sits in that tub, it is perfectly comfortable and she is relaxed um, and the majority of this L.A. Times piece is all about, you know, what what prompted uh, and what inspired her to work on The Color of Care and to deliver this project into being. Um, it's available for free on Smithsonian Channel's Facebook and YouTube until May 31st. Uh, and then it's, of course, airing on the Smithsonian Channel, which, you know, I wish I had more time in my life because that's a fun channel full of, like, really interesting documentaries. Mm-hmm. But... Here was the piece that got the Colleen and Bradley side of me interested. How are you navigating, and there's just talking about life. She's asking a question. Uh, how are you navigating stuff on a personal level, this collective grief you're seeing right now? And it's all in the context of COVID and the pandemic. Sure. The reporter is asking Oprah. She says, I haven't lost anybody in my family, so I've been very fortunate. My dealing with it comes from hearing of other friends and other people who've experienced it. My empathy and understanding of what that must be like to go through, that's how I've been relating. I've been so careful with myself that my own friends make fun of me. Put a pin in that because I think we've heard about that. Mm -hmm. I didn't leave my home for 322 days. Literally did not leave the house. So it's not been for me personally a heavy burden to bear. So like Oprah is like refreshingly clear eyed about OLR or OLR status. Right. But I was like, on the one hand, I think because she's so good at being relatable. Mm -hmm. Oprah, like, again, this woman who has a laser cut tub to the contours of her body, you will sit down with her and be like, she's just like me. Yeah. Oprah gets me. Oprah gets me. Oprah's just like me. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wait a minute, no, 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 no. No, she's no. not like you. <laughs> she has multiple homes. There is nothing like this. And the fact that she could not leave her house for 322 days yeah. 
and it wasn't seen as a burden. Right. In, in Like, that's the thing that I find so terribly interesting about this, because what must your life be like? Because mm-hmm. I want you to reflect on your own life over the last, let's just pick a the first 322 days of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Let's say that that's what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, what it must take to not leave your home for 322 days and for it to not feel like a burden. I mean, that's the thing is even if you were like homebound, not, I don't want to say homebound. That's not what I mean. But even if you were a person who didn't do much in those first 300 odd days of the pandemic, you probably left your house. You might not have gone to public places, but you might have gone for a walk in the neighborhood. You might have gone for a drive in your car. You might have, you know, tried to like, because you literally couldn't stare at the four walls of your home anymore. Yeah. But Oprah, probably she could use a different bathroom every day of that 322 days. And and again, there are people who didn't leave their home. So it's not like, so I think people hear that and they go, oh yeah, you know, my, my uh, aunt Beth, she, she didn't leave her house either. But again, my point is your Aunt Beth probably felt like, and, and frankly, and I'm not trying to like create a stark contrast for the purpose of um, being facetious or anything, but like there were people who died in, um, you know, the first 322 mm-hmm. days from not being able to leave their home because of like medical conditions mm-hmm. or mental illness. Like, like, so what I'm saying is it was a burden for most people who right. stayed home. Right. So even if you, like most of us, you probably left your house. I mean, we all were at home way more than we'd ever been probably into our lives up to this point. But um, most of us left home. But even for those who did, it was, con- you know, they would have probably considered that a burden because you're without other people. You're without resources. You've got to, you know. Uh, maybe beg, borrow, and steal to try to get resources to your house during mm-hmm. that time. And I just, it, and it's not to blame Oprah for what she has, but it is to just say, wow, what what that must have been like. Like, that's the documentary that I want to watch. Right? Like, Oprah alone for 322 days and what that actually looked like during the pandemic. So that's actually my second, my follow-up question to her would be the following. Because she said she didn't leave her house. Yeah. Like who else did for who her? Who was in her house? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because truly, you know, Oprah, that woman, I mean, she's got a lot. She does a lot. I'm sure she was working. I'm sure she had to have been right. And yeah. she was zooming like everybody else was right. But I don't think Oprah cleans her own toilet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Oprah, she's had a chef for many years. Yeah. We've known this, right? I don't, That's what I want to know more of is, okay, so because for people who truly don't leave their homes and maybe don't have, I mean, to be homebound truly and not have contact with other humans, that is something that changes your psychology. I would say that would be a follow-up question or a tack of conversation I would want to have with Oprah, which is, okay, how are you interacting with people? Mm -hmm. Like, sure, you were Zooming, but like, were people coming in and out to your point? Right. Were there people who were like living on where's you know, Stedman? Yeah, well, and by all accounts, Stedman lives in like a separate. Like in a, they don't they, in a, in her pool house. I don't think they were together. No, I don't know actually. Um, yeah, what is he up to these no, days? Like, no, like I feel like she's talked about that in the pandemic. This wasn't in this piece, um, uh, but we'll we'll hit up the Googs later and maybe yeah. find out what's going on with her and Stedman. But 
But I will say it does leave me wondering, like, what was your human interaction life? Because I know in my life, as much as I like, you know, dream about like, oh, I'm just going to go away to this little place and be all alone. It doesn't take very long before you're like, I need people well, like because I'm staring at a wall and having, you know, like um, a hard time, like connecting with reality. Even when we even in the early days, and I don't want to bore everybody with like our our life story, but even in the early days when we were still coming into the station, the three of us were not in the same room together. Yeah. So we were literally in the same building down the hall from each other, looking at each other on computer screens. Occasionally we'd pass in the hall and give a hi or whatever, but we weren't, yeah, it was like that. We weren't. And even that, (laughs) even that started to feel weird, weird. Yeah. And like I'd, we'd all had a little bit of a loss. It, It was great to still be connected, but it was strange to know that the people that you usually share rooms with all day long. Yeah. Are not, are in are down the hall or on the other side of a wall and you can't share space with them. Yeah. And I just imagine I don't think Oprah had that exact experience. And I bet Oh no, I'm sure not. Yeah. Everybody who came into her space was I mean had to Oh, have we- been living in a bubble we know this because in fact gail has talked about this and in fact was kept from going to if it was a birthday party i'm not sure because her test didn't come back in time and you know oprah is allegedly fastidious about or reportedly fastidious about that which again she has the you know the privilege of being that fastidious Mm -hmm. because a lot of people just don't and um you know no one would blame her for that i just found that particular insight into her but also i think the thing that keeps us coming back to oprah is that she has some sense of that and i think it's Mm -hmm. because she comes from a background that many people could relate to where she hasn't completely lost it although she's still olr Mm -hmm. right like it doesn't take long before you're like um oprah yeah that's that's yeah next level we don't understand yeah. i mean i would like to understand mm-hmm. yeah but we don't let's go to your what's her island getaway which one? Vancouver, it's like Vancouver, Vancouver Island. Island. I thought she sold I that. I think she sold that place. Did That's she? the place with the laser cut tub. Oh, okay. Bye. Bye. Somebody else be getting real uncomfortable in that because that's Oprah's tub. <laughs> she probably took it with her. You know that. Right? She, like airlifted that thing. <laughs> uh, I want my tub. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, Bradley Trainer has taken a deep dive into the royal family. He's going to tell us about the palace papers after this on My Talk 1071. Oh, nothing is real and everyone smokes. That is the motto on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And it turns out it's not just in Hollywood, right, Bradley? Yeah, it's true. You know, uh, the OG Hollywood, that is the British royal family, is also prone to the same motto at only it would be in latin um do we have any british music over there holly for my royal correspondent gig i'll just do it with my mouth here why don't we steal this one oh hello thank you very much for joining me today i would like to tell you all about the palace papers it's a book written by one tina brown so tina brown's new book the palace papers is all about many of your favorite royals and what's really going on behind the scenes, wherein we do learn that, in fact, nothing is real and everyone smokes. 
But the biggest thing that this new book has given me thus far, and I think I'm about 10 hours into a 16-hour audio experience that Tina herself reads. Even um, better. So it's like her voice talking about this. And Tina Brown, for those of you who don't know, goes way back to Vanity Fair, The New Yorker. Um, She is a force to behold, but has been talking about the royals and has been at some of like the biggest royal events including but not limited to put a pin in this, the royal wedding with William and Kate that we also covered live. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she, she knows things and knows people. And the biggest thing that her new book has given me so far is this peek behind the curtain of all the tabloid trash that were served up about the royals on a regular basis. And kind of it gives us an opportunity or it, it's given me an opportunity to maybe mm, understand that it's not just that the royals are put upon by the media. That in fact, mm-hmm, in fact, the royals themselves manipulate that very media, even though they act like the media is against them. What? Which, which in many cases, <laughs> I know that tone in your voice, Holly, in many cases they are, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, there's an adversarial press in uh, the United Kingdom, less so in this country, but we're just kind of, you know, love to... Well, to, we left um, that. So, yeah, exactly. We left it, but we still want to know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, So she's given us that look behind the scenes, but also how the royals have themselves manipulated it. And in fact, it's not the people you would expect. So who is if I were to ask you, Colleen, who is the royal who has been put upon most or was put upon most kind of uh, in the British royal family? Like which royal got the 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 worst deal? When it comes to the media. Does Diana count? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Right. I think most people would say Diana was the most intruded on by the media and certainly um, played a role or perceived to have played a role in her untimely death. Right. Absolutely. You learn in this book, though, that uh, Princess Diana manipulated the media for her own ends, not Mm. to get back at the media or despite the media or to like kind of maneuver through the media, but actually to make people in her life jealous. Um, And there's this whole, there's this whole piece in her book where she talks about how, and this was in the days before Diana died in that horrible train traffic accident. She apparently let an Italian photographer know that she was vacationing with Dodi Fayed, and you'll remember that's who she was dating at the time, mm-hmm. um, or that name might ring a bell, and she was on his yacht. So she lets this Italian photographer know that she's going to be doing this, and she did it because she was hoping that the photos would come out and that the photo. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Photos um, would send a message to a man. Who do you think that man is? I mean, would it be Prince Charles? No. See, I think a lot of people would think that. 
But, and as we learn in the book, she sent the message to another man who apparently she considered to be the real love of her life. Ooh. Um, Hasnat Khan. And Hasnat Khan was a British-Pakistani heart surgeon that she had also had a relationship with. And so... This level of, like, the the thing that she does so well is challenge this idea that Diana was, um, and it's laid out, I mean, she says this in the book, that it challenges this notion that Diana was just a victim mm-hmm. and that she didn't have her own agency. It's not to say that she wasn't a victim. Right. You know what that kind of reminds me of? And this is on, like, small stakes, super small potatoes level. But it reminds me of how we've talked about Jennifer Aniston and how the media paints this whole poor Jennifer. Jennifer is never Jennifer Aniston will never have a baby because Brad Pitt didn't want to have a baby with her, blah, 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 whatever. But but she has leaned into using the media her entire career and even leaned into that narrative in order to get the media to highlight what she needs and wants them to. Absolutely. And that's the sort of like gray area that I enjoy because if you're reading something and like, I I feel like again with celebrities or Royals, if you feel like a black or white way about them, Mm -hmm. like challenge that, right? Because why do you feel so strongly one way or the other? And what she does in this book is provide actual, you know, reporting that suggests these people are far more complicated and far more mm, morally ambivalent in terms of, you know, their motives on occasion. So, I don't know. I deep so into it. I cannot wait to get to the we're not even we're almost to the Harry and Meghan stuff. So. Oh, well, let, keep us posted. Absolutely. Also, I would love to watch this as like a docu series. I'm sure it's coming. It's The Palace Papers by Tina Brown. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show celebrities behaving badly, we call them Demons. After this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We do love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And we call them T-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-Bag? Listen, it's like a, it's two parts. It's, it's a, it's a people's. It's Elle Magazine and okay. Benifer Againifer. It's oh, the whole team. It's a combo platter. The whole team is my D-Bag today. And okay. here's why. Because in my news feed, uh, I saw this headline and I thought, I'll click fine. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez's latest kissing photos look straight out of a movie. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why? Why? Do you want to know why? Why? Because this is a performance. And they called the paparazzi and the paparazzi showed up and they were like, oh, there's a camera over there. Let's movie kiss. The uh, subheading is, this is what a school run is like for them. Because they were (laughs) apparently dropping the kids off at school and then decided to make out at the car. Now. Oh, I see tongue. Yes, I'm telling you, it's movie kiss. It's like soft tongue movie kiss. I can't tell if that's tongue or just his mustache. I mean. His mustache. It's, it. nope, this is not. People don't. No. <laughs> well, also, what parents like movie kiss okay. while they're dropping kids off? I, I mean, if, I was if just parents about are to anything say, like uh, gay couples who've been together a few years, I, like, don't touch me. Get off of me. Cannot, <laughs> like, there would never be a scenario where my husband and I would kiss anywhere near school grounds. 
Can uh, you imagine uh, how my children or their friends? Mom! No way. Why? No way. Why? In fact, we actually can't act like we know each other or the kids. Oh, yeah. You got to. You, are you at the point where it's like four feet distance oh, so yeah. that there's not an association between you and the child? No, my kids don't want anybody to know they have parents. Yeah. That's where we live right now. Yeah, that's not going to change no. for a while. No, and it is what it is. But honestly, this is this was a performance. Elle magazine published the performance. I read the... Everybody's doing their job, but I don't like it. And that's the end of the story. Thank you. Oh, okay. All right. It's x17online.com that provided these photos. Yep. And that's who Jennifer Lopez called and said, meet me at the school I'll give you. I'll give him a little tongue for you. Yeah. Ew. You know. <laughs> no, I don't have time. No, say it. You know. I <laughs> also uh, previous segment where we talked about the palace papers. Uh, there's a lot about you. You just get really tired of royals complaining about the media coverage, even though you totally understand. And if you like, you will find yourself going like, if I were a celebrity or if I were a royal, I would absolutely, literally hate it. And I would be the most obnoxious celebrity because I would not be quiet about it. And I would also give middle fingers mm-hmm. and save choice four letter words, which mm-hmm. is why I'm not in that position because I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. Totally mm-hmm. get it. Understandable. But at the same time, you're just like, um, this is also people's way of life. This is a profession. Right. So these, like, I, you may begrudge the system, but do you need to begrudge the individuals? This is not, I think particularly- what I hear you saying is hate, don't hate. Yeah, hate the game. We can't get fooled again. Don't hate the players. Yeah, <laughs> some conversational version of that. Yes, because I just I feel like you know the guy who makes like yeah they're they're terrible people. Are they? Yeah. I mean, who's more terrible? Those who were just like upholding a system where just by the nature of your birth you are entitled to untold wealth. Or the guy who is forced to take pictures of those people in awkward positions. So that he can feed his family. Table. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just all crap. Right. I mean, that's what <laughs> we should. Thanks for coming to my TED that's Talk. What, it's know, just all crap. It's Monday, and I feel like we got there early. So, everybody, no. you've learned your lesson. Take your pants week. off for the rest of the week. Yeah, we're just going to pick our nose. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. It's all terrible. Perfect. No, but it's fun, right? And there's, um, you know, Zach Efron. I'm not complaining. What cookies? I'm not complaining. Yeah, true. Like every day, we're like, oh god, I have to talk about the Kardashians again. Guess what? It affords me Mm -hmm. the privilege Mm -hmm. of putting food on the table. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bradley, who's your D-bag? Apparently society, but... Oh, good. I'm going to focus in on one member of society, Anna Wintour. Anna Winter. Uh, She is my D-bag today. I'm sorry. I just had one of those moments where both ways you just said her name sounded right to me. Anna Wintour. Is it Anna Winter or Anna Wintour? It's whatever you want it yeah, to be, Yeah, tomato, man. tomato. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. If you I just got lips, like, you say it any way you want. Those yeah. both Anna- Will Tower. Okay, what, what did she Winter. do? Anne Winter. Anne Winter. She's my D-bag for this headline. All Kardashian women invited to Met Gala by Anna Winter for the first time ever. No! Yeah. Again, I scream into the void because I realize this. I've lost this battle. Yeah. 
But, you know, this is what we call, now you're a parent, you may understand this behavior. This is what I call giving giving in to your children. Mm-hmm. Mom, 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 mm-hmm. mom, mommy. mom, mom, yeah. mom, mm-hmm. mom, 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 mom. I'm doing what I do when that happens. Yeah, right? But then at some point, you're like, <laughs> I'm about to break. Mm-hmm. What? You've just given in and you've now told your children mm-hmm. it takes 36 moms to get what you want. Yep. <laughs> so eventually it'll work. Well, the Kardashians have, you know, I don't know. They've 36 momed her. They've 36 momed <laughs> Anna Wintour into getting all of the Kardashians invited, at least if you believe the New York Post. And uh, on page six, they talk about how for the first time ever, uh, all the Kardashians, it says, quote, now. Almost no one wields more popular culture power than the Kardashians. And the Post has learned that for the very first time, nearly the entire family will be there, including Kim and boyfriend Pete Davidson, Courtney, who will make her Met debut with fiance Travis Barker, and Chloe. Semicolon. Who, who's alone? Because. Yeah, no, it, it went right from, and Chloe, semicolon, momager Chris Jenner, <laughs> semicolon, and Kendall and Kylie Jenner. Likely not in attendance. Rob. I mean, let's be clear. He's not allowed. Mama wouldn't allow it. Anyway. I also think he would not fit. I just, I, I I didn't mean that. What did you say? I missed it. I said, I also think he would not fit, but I, okay. What I meant. That was inappropriate. He has worked very hard. What Don't I take meant. that away from He's me. gone through his Rob habilitation. <laughs> I know. Yeah, more than what once. I meant was that wouldn't be his vibe. Those wouldn't be his peeps. Yeah. It just didn't vibe sound and right. Peeps. No, I got it. I got it. I got okay. it. But here's the point. The point is we have to blame Anna Winter in the first place because she is the one that put Kim Kardashian on the cover. Right. Him, right. That She's was the one that like. Made it an option. Well, and that just marked, I I think what this is, is just an admission. I think Anna Wintour, and so now I'm going to take away responsibility from her. It is her fault that she invited them. And I know people are like, well, is that a bad thing? I would say so. Because I feel like one Kardashian is enough at a party. Do you need them all? Because then it's really just their party. Right. And really, it's just going to be them using this opportunity. I understand, though, and this is where I take a little bit of responsibility from her back, why she's doing it. Because I think it, we've, that ship has already sailed. Absolutely. These people are where they are, whether you like it or not. And they're, they're going to stay there. They are culturally significant in a way that is uncomfortable, problematic, and distasteful to my buds of taste mm-hmm. but i don't pick them i don't choose them we don't get a choice in this matter Mm-mm. and they just are what they are and so i think she's just saying well you know we got to keep this thing alive and fresh and you know when covers were and magazines were going down the tubes i mean they're still kind of or she you know thought hey celebrity is where it's at not models let's mm-hmm. put celebrities on the cover of magazines so maybe she just thinks it's time Listen, I can't be mad. I can't be She's mad about like, it either. They just asked and I had extra tickets. It's fine. But this is the world. I mean, the world is ever changing and the you know, how we define celebrity is ever changing. And it used to be that movie stars and TV stars were the biggest deal. And 
I'm just going to say, I don't think people are watching movies or TV in the same way that they used to be. And so, yes, you do need to start to incorporate celebrities of a different stripe, meaning the Kardashians, the TikTok celebrities. Like, that's, you have to go with that. You yeah. can't fight it. And so, to Anna, to your point, Anna Wintour just did what she had to do. Yeah. Uh, but we don't like it. We don't have to like it. No, we don't have to like it at all. And you kind of get the impression that like A-list Hollywood celebrities of your that are currently still around, people like Tom Cruise, et cetera, look around and, you know, they because I kind of feel like, you know, originally royalty was the first celebrity mm-hmm. um, and then American royalty, of course, you know, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and now Hollywood celebrities are feeling like they're not the new kids on the block and they're looking back at the Royals and going like, now I get it. Now mm-hmm. I understand because they're looking forward and they're seeing like reality stars. And now reality stars are looking at like TikTok stars. Seriously. And they're like, who are these people? Yes. And it's just one cycle, <laughs> one wave of, uh, you know, cultural relevance washing over another. And we don't even know what's next. And someday the TikTok celebrities are going to be looking at. The next person. And meanwhile, the Vine Does, celebrities are like... Okay, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, yeah. They're like, gone, dang, I had I my miss chance. Vine because I really loved those... I did too. Those like just repeat clips over and over and over. You know what the sad part is? Remember that you could only do like, I don't three know what, seconds, three I seconds? Think? Yeah. And that's about as long as we had Vine. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Mm. Yeah. Now we have TikTok and you can do whatever you want. Yay. And wonder what's next. Oh, boy. Blippity blap. Yep. When we return... <laughs> I got a new app. It's called about Blippity Blap. Actually, we're going to talk about Bill Murray. And I know it is. It's a, uh, but you know what? He said something Mm. about stuff and the, what he said is might be okay. Okay. (laughs) And that is called a tease. And we'll tell you about it when we come back after this on my talk. One Oh seven. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hey, Beaches. What's up? You know. Uh, so I know I sold this segment so well mm. before the break. Bill think- Murray said something, <laughs> and what he said might be interesting. I, I said, I think said it might be okay. Well, we're here now. We need to know. Okay, so you may remember, and there's still like a lot of mystery associated with this story because we don't have details, yeah. but you may recall that we got news, I think it was last week, that the production of the movie Being Mortal, which is, um, I think, directed by Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. uh, the production was shut down pending an investigation around some potentially uh, unsavory things uh, that were done or said at the hand of Bill Murray. Yeah. 71-year-old Bill Murray. We all know him. We all love him. Do we? I mean, this is the question because we don't know anything else. We know production was shut down and they are taking this very seriously. Yeah. Well, he has said he has spoken. Uh, He spoke with uh, CNBC And the way he describes it is the following. I did something I thought was funny and it wasn't taken that way. As of now, we are talking and we are trying to make peace with each other. We are both professionals. We like each other's work. We like each other. And I think if we can't really get along and trust each other, there's no point in further in going further working together or making the movie as well. It's been quite an education for me. Hmm. Now that it's like that that's a lot of words and not much all at the same time. Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. But the part that I sort of was drawn in by was his very first sentence, which is, I did something I thought was funny and it wasn't taken that way. And I don't know what the thing was. And I don't know if he's downplaying this thing that he thought was funny. I don't know what I don't know what happened. But what I do know is this. That is a lesson that does deserve to be taught and needs to be learned by people, which is. You may think something you say or do is hilariously funny, but if the receiver does not accept it as funny, then it ceases to be funny. Yeah. And that is the bottom line of yeah, that. It shouldn't be too hard a lesson to learn. I mean, you'd think Bill Murray would know that. You'd want to believe yeah. Bill Murray would know that. But I also will say this. Um, I, this, this, The reason that this all jumped out at me is because this is something I'm trying to teach my kids like all the time. You think you're being funny. Yeah. A sense of humor means you also have the sense of what is humorous. And if you think you're being funny and you're the only one laughing, it's probably not funny. But I will also add this. That women have for a very long time accepted things that are done or said by other people, typically male figures. (laughs) I don't know why you're being so ginger. Well, I'm... (laughs) Not ginger. Oh, I thought you were talking. She can't help it. Oh my it. god! Don't be, so oh, don't be so triggered. Don't be so triggered. No, um, no, but no. Gingerly. Women have been. Women have been. You know, had things said or done to them that men have thought was. I'm just kidding. It's not a big deal. And we've been taught the majority of our lives to go along with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. so the fact is that maybe Bill Murray thought he had learned that lesson. And somebody, thank you, whoever it was, who did not, who was uncomfortable by something he did, spoke up to it. Well, I'm also, <laughs> I'm also going to explain to you. Uh, oh man! Why? No, I just did that on purpose. Um, Misogyny. Get, get used, used to, to it. it. <laughs> it's not going to change. Um, <laughs> it'll just be a TikTok video. Okay, so. Um, I imagine this is not just okay misogyny. Sure, yeah, that's like 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 teach that course at your women's studies college. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just being facetious because what I think there is also in play here is something that Bill Murray and and this is a misogyny. It's just like misogyny squared. Mm-hmm. Like Bill Murray, and again, I am speaking totally off the cuff without any proof whatsoever. But when you achieve the status of a Bill Murray, right? Mm-hmm. You know how this works. People don't challenge you on the things that are dumb yeah. or inappropriate often because, 
you know, sure, uh, he's maybe a man in a position of power, but also um, he's a man in a position of power, like not just the average man on the street. He is somebody. He doesn't have average man powers. He has <laughs> He's celebrity superpowers. Superpower Superman powers. powers, right? And yeah. we've seen this Harvey Weinstein, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrison Keillor. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen men in positions of power, like look around, like what? Yeah. What? You're yeah. offended, but I've been doing this for 50 years. Why did nobody tell me? Yeah. Oh, because maybe you know people are just human, and they're not interested in taking on a perceived power source right like i know that sounds i just i can see that where a guy like bill murray walks around and and is not very often confronted with his own Mm -hmm. um ignorance Mm -hmm. misogyny bad choices because Mm -hmm. there are people around a person like that to to blunt those criticisms to absorb it yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely. And again, we don't know the specifics of what happened. Yeah, it's, that's why it's hard to sort of pontificate, but right. uh, that's not going to stop No, us. we'll keep doing that. Um, but truly, I, and listen, whatever happens, I, I imagine that at some point we will hear more about what exactly occurred. And maybe we won't. Yeah. But um, But I just thought it was worth thinking about that very first thought of I did something that I thought was funny. And it wasn't received that way, which also does sort of put the onus on somebody else. The more I read it, the more I think it smells. When you say it, it kind of smells because it's like, and that's not the way it was taken. I didn't mean anything by it. Right. It's sort of, yeah. Look, defensively, we all understand that feeling of like, well, oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. Right. It's like, well, but that doesn't matter. And no, it doesn't mean that you're a horrible person per se. It just means you did something or said something that you need to say you're sorry for and to learn from it and not do it again. Right. But again, I bet it's pretty hard for somebody like I'm not trying to make excuses for Bill Murray. I'm just saying, like, how many chances is a person like that? And I also do think it's a generational thing, which is not an excuse. But uh, like, I think what I mean to say by that is I bet you. There are men in those positions today who do not behave the way that Bill Murray right. does because they do realize that that is not an acceptable thing. Yeah. And we still have people around, unfortunately, who maybe haven't like moved on with the times. Do better. Do better. That's really just all. That's my message. Oh, that was very uplifting. You know, speaking yeah. of something that is really funny, let's just quickly touch on this because we don't have a whole lot of time. Um, something that we actually do think is funny is that ding-dang turkey that's gone unclaimed oh, in our freezer. It's still in there. It is still present and accounted for. Holly and I spent a little time with it today. Uh, yeah. What did you do with it? We looked at it. Oh, I mean, okay. we just like opened up the freezer. Yeah. No, I cradled it and I put it in my baby Bjorn and mm-hmm. walked around the station. She did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she did point out. So one of the things that had been confounding people was some, an item that was underneath yeah. that looked like it was a towel absorbing turkey juices. Turned out it was a series of uh, like spoons. ice cream wooden spoons. spoons. Yeah, yeah. Wooden spoons. Um, and I, and Holly said, oh, there's, that thing is still there. And I said, oh, no, 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 we have a development on that. And I took it out and I showed it to her. And then do you know what I did? Threw them away. I threw them in the garbage because how many people have gone in there and looked know. at it? I think Mary Shively used those every day for her lunch. Well, and now I'll buy her new fired. ones. I'll buy her new ones. <laughs> Why do they Speaking need to be of, frozen? The turkey's oh. still in there. Yeah. And yeah. tomorrow, if it remains unclaimed, we're going to cook that turkey breast live on the air we in an instant are. pot. Whether we're going to eat it is a different question. 
because a friend of mine sent me several articles on food path born pathogens. I don't know. My, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I we're because, gonna uh, might well, be an explosive episode tomorrow. It may be, yeah. and you don't know, or right. all week. Put on a diaper and join us from noon to three. Sounds fun. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what needs to happen during your weekend to make it a good weekend? 651-641-1071. We'll talk to you after this.